This is your girl, Aisha Small, and you are now listening to Small Talk, where no small talk is insignificant. What's up, y'all? Thank you so much for tuning in to Small Talk, where there is nothing small about it. I'm so excited about this new segment. One, because I get to help provide information that would be useful to players, parents, and coaches throughout this recruiting process. And two, I get to bring on people with enormous insight and experience, which is very exciting for me because this is going to be a two-part series talking strictly about the recruiting process. We're going to be talking about how to navigate through this time of confusion and also giving pointers on how to communicate with coaches. Right now I have with me a special guest. He's one of the originators of ESPN Hoop Girls from 2005 all the way to 2012. He's also a member of the McDonald All-American Selection Committee and serves on the Naismith Trophy Player of the Year panel. He is also the owner of Elite is Earned. Please help me welcome Chris Hansen. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hey, how we doing? Say, I'm not on, let me get on Wi-Fi real quick just in case. I don't okay. trust okay. the cell here. All right. Should be good now. How you doing? I, I'm doing pretty good, you know. Uh, just trying to trying to stay busy, stay valuable, and... I don't know much, just like everybody else. I hear rumors of this, that, and the other, and I wish I had answers. I just don't. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. I was like, so, what are you up to right now? Like, I saw the podcast. I thought I thought you'd be getting paid overseas and coaching <laughs> and doing all sorts of stuff. I am home. I am okay. home, relaxing, and Good just for you. waiting for everything to kind of go over so I can start back up again. Yeah. Yeah, it's all you could do is stay ready. Yeah. So, like, how how disappointing were you not to be able to see the 2020 McDonald All-American game? Yeah, I mean, the Jordan game, too, it, it's a bummer. Like, I'm I'm really um, – the the good news is I think the – even though the TV spot has gotten a lot shorter and shorter from back in my ESPN days where we had a – you know, we had at least half a segment to kind of voice over some video, and I get it you know, TV resources and, and recruiting um, coverage have, have just changed a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the kids still got that. The big moment was, you know, being announced, being celebrated on social media. The game is great. It's a great experience. I mean, I've covered it. Um, right. I've been there, you know, when the kids go to the hospital, one of my favorite stories. Uh, was the like, best. Oh, that was my favorite of all time. Katie Collier, you know, she has this rare type of uh, – blood cancer you know she's getting regular treatment she comes back barely gets eligible for the game you know played enough and then she's just a a rock star with the kids there because she's going through it too like that was one of one of the more cool things um in my whatever 15 years of being around the sport was just seeing her grit through it with a smile on her face where everyone else is like waiting for some weak moment and then to see her with those kids there um that was the year that I went the entire time, covered it wall to wall. Um, that that part for just the experience, I think it's kind of a life changing moment for a lot of those kids. The game itself is great. It's I mean it's an all star game, um, but that experience piece I think is is it sucks for them that they don't they don't get that. But you know, um, college basketball awaits, and there'll be some some marquee matchups and some, some moments to be on TV and do that stuff there. So I, I think those kids will be able to, to have their moments. Right. Right. So 
now we're done with the 2020 class. So as if I'm a 2021 with the reality, yeah, with the reality of a short AU season and possibly a no AU season yeah. at all. Like, how should the 2021s navigate through this recruiting process? What do you feel needs to be done? Well, the the first thing um, I will say is you've got to make yourself easy to recruit. And I think um, not everybody knows what that means. There's a lot of waiting, waiting for the, you know, for the college to call you, for them to show interest, this, that, and the other. But you got to realize that a college coach has a list of their favorites, their colleagues' favorites. Uh, you know, their, their call logs are, are, are pretty, um, they're, they're not that straightforward. There's, there's kids that maybe half the staff likes. Uh, you just got to make yourself really um, easy to recruit, which means calling people back. And I think the 21s, more so than, than classes before, need to be more flexible and not just hang on to one level of play, whether that's, oh, man, I got to be P5. And there's a million reasons that that logic is is just wrong for your four-year experience anyway, right? We're focusing on the wrong right. things. But especially now because you don't have the opportunity really to prove them wrong. And as much planning as people are putting on to try to make sure that we can do something this summer, um, you know, safely – we don't know. And I, if you're hanging your hat on that, I just think you really have to engage with people that have invested in you and you need to reinvest back in them. Um, right. Cause there's still a ton of opportunities out there. You see the 21 list. I mean, we're having to write uh, commitment uh, reaction stories almost daily right now because they're just yes. falling off, which means people's yes. lists are shortening up. So those people that used to, you know, not really call you back right away. And I do a segment at my, at my, um, my camps, called recruiting red flags and, you know, finding ways, you know, to figure out if you're a B-list kid um, and how to, how to navigate being a B-list kid. Well, you know, right now you might move up without any new information if, if people are just losing out on their top kids. Um, So Mm -hmm. my advice is text, text, even if you're a 21, right, this is especially true for underclassmen. If you're 21, text the coach a couple of call windows. Don't, you know, like, I know they can't go to work either, but my fiance is a college coach. A lot of my friends are college coaches. They're on Zoom a lot. And I mean, some of my clients have 12 hours straight of Zoom with athletic department meetings, school meetings, coaches meetings, mm-hmm. their players, all, all this stuff, plus all the new stuff they're making up to try to, to be digitally accessible. Um, so give people windows of time. Um, and, and then more so do your homework. Like you're not, if you don't know what you're looking for, then why should they like want to recruit you? I guess if you don't know anything about their academic or their athletic profile and you just know they're in a conference that you want to play in, you haven't really mm-hmm. done your homework. That makes you hard to recruit. And you don't want to be that player that the coach is on the other end of the phone going, okay, is this kid ever going to talk? Are we going to, are we going to get anywhere? <laughs> and if it's someone you've talked to before and you're finding yourself talking about the same things, it's not always the coach's fault. And I, I don't want to put everything on the player, but, you know, like you you need to know what you want so they can help figure out if it if, if it's a match. Um, I think you got to just be realistic. If if you only have one, uh, if if you're a player that has three or four Division One schools flirting with you, and you're a 21 and you still don't have an offer, and you maybe you've been to campus a couple times, or you've gone to their elite camps, and they text you back sometimes, but not all the time. 
there at some point you got to just be realistic that your opportunity may not be at division one and do you know anything at all about division two basketball division right. three basketball naia basketball do you know anything about that because if you don't how do you know it's not for you would be my my next thing is you, you're you're going to have to be more flexible here um and and if you're going to be hard-headed about it I don't know what to tell you. You might end up in prep school or you might be, you know, having to prove it at a JUCO level, or you might just have to wait till the spring and get lucky and wait mm -hmm. for, you know, coaching, coaching changes and kids to leave programs through the portal and, and create a new opportunity. It, it's a high risk thing. And I just think, and women's basketball, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Right. Um, and if you're good enough, I mean, this might be a little off topic, but there aren't enough four-star players to fill the power fives and the big mid-major schools. Like we're talking Ooh. the need. So like just uh, some people can argue with what's a, a an upper mid-major and what's a lower mid-major. That, that's a weird term, right? We got the power five, there's 65 teams. They need anywhere from 225 players to 260 players in any signing class. And take the A-10, the American conference, the big East conference, USA, uh, USA, and the WCC. There's probably some more that could go in there, but that's another 200 to 250 kids. That means those schools are all trying to get the same level of kid at, at bare minimum. That's 500 kids. There are not 500 four-star kids. Right. I was just about to say that. I was like, there's not even five. We barely did 100. <laughs> so I, I will say just from, uh, like I said, there, there's people that have been in this longer than me, but in my 15 or so years of doing this, the cut is for four-star and up is usually around 200 kids. So you're looking at two to 300 non-obvious kids going up a level. And that means there's going to be some kids that are just like you that are going to go higher than you go. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're better than you. It's just there's there. Now we're getting into, you know, roster needs and and and, right. and all sorts of different conversations. So I just think if you if you get to hard-headed about your recruiting process based on ego the school name I, I mean you you sign one day and then you've got four years of basketball and school and you know everything yep. else that goes with it and um i mean I'm, i know it feels great to be to be ranked or i assume i guess i do the ranking i i, I'm, I was never good enough you you know what it feels like <laughs> right you know what it feels like to be celebrated and a celebrity and, and and all that kind of stuff and i think it has a value um but it also comes with some other stuff. Uh, and it also don't mean nothing. Absolutely really nothing. <laughs> it really means like, nothing. It's about context. What we do is context. So if you think uh, being ranked is going to get you something specifically, that's not what it's for. You know, it's just, it's really not. And, and I'm not trying to throw shade at my own profession and what we do. We, we do it. <laughs> we do it to provide context. Like you, I tell the kids right. like Paige Becker's, started coming to my Minnesota camp in the sixth grade and by her sophomore year, she didn't need it to prove anything, but it's just like you use that your status, the top of the game has to be accessible to give people something to shoot for. Um, so I just, I just think uh, worrying about th there's a difference between uh, ranking and then just being, being promoted in your space. And I think the thing that these 21s need to do is make sure that, 
your promotion is is in line with what you're trying to get done. You know, like you're reaching the right people. You're not just sending out right. blast emails. Getting back to your original question, sorry, I went I went sideways on you a little bit. No, no, you're uh, fine. It was this was great information. Do you like my big big thing? I'm on um, this last six months is what what is your the first thirty seconds of your highlight film look like? Because mm. I don't care how many effects and and spot shadows and music <laughs> cool all, all of that right like if, if you have to put playmaking in a graphic in the bottom of the play you're probably not a playmaker like i don't need that so what my advice mm -hmm. to people is and I'm, i actually have a, a a product i'm doing now um shameless plug here called boost studio where i'm gonna i'm gonna take your highlight film and i'm gonna strip it and i'm gonna i'm gonna take the best 60 to 90 seconds and 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 tell the story myself because that's what i'm seeing and sometimes like going through the film with these players exposes you know some things they don't even think about about their own highlight right. film like yeah mm -hmm. you think that's a good pass but in college it's not and then i send some film out i've sent film to d2 schools that i have relationships with of kids that think they're d1 and they come back saying well at our level they that's that's a turnover. She's not. We're gonna run her off the line. Blam blam. All the all the all the stuff you maybe would think a a level above you would pick apart. And the D twos are saying the same thing. So, I think um, just assume that every school is gonna put you in a box, and so you need to control what they use to make that box. You don't want to be a weak cardboard box. So you right. need to give them your best stuff. If you if you've got iron in your game, lead with that. And now we're building something really, really strong. Because if you don't if you don't capture the attention in the first 30 seconds, they're not going to get to the last two minutes. Like it's 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 really over that. You've got to be intriguing. And I don't think you need to throw a bunch of hustle plays, diving on the floor. You just <laughs> you, you, you're tell you're telling a story. You need to capture their attention somehow, some way, and be different than every other kid out there that can press download on Huddle and get everything they did in the last six games. Like you have to, and you're trying to be one of the sixteen hundred or thirteen hundred kids that go D one. You have to do more work than the other five thousand that aren't. Um, and I, I, I think if you don't put your time into that that film and do do a little bit of st study, like people are doing a really good job of self-promoting how hard they work with their Instagram stores. And I'm with it. Like if that's what you need to do to stay motivated and, and you know, like I, obviously I, I, I went to school in the 90s, so we didn't have all of this, you know, and you all we all need some sort of affirmation. I'm not criticizing it. I don't need to see it every single day, but I am. Um... I am Chris. I'm sorry. I'm getting tired of people pushing cards. But right, it, it's excessive. There, there. You can and it, and that can hurt you too. And I try to tell these kids, like that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the point of pushing a car? I mean, let me not. Let me not say nothing. That I, I'm going to. Okay, go ahead, Chris. Tractor tires. I get it. You're, you're you're. But but there's other ways to show your toughness, right? Like, if you're really right. that tough, there needs to be some clips of you attacking, finishing after a bump. You know, like. There, there should be some stuff where they tried to trap you and you were able to lower your hips and split physically split them and just get downhill there. There should be game evidence of your toughness. You don't need to, to be doing all that kind of stuff. So I think film, especially since we have no live basketball is super important. Um, and mm -hmm. to be intentional. We do, I say this in camp when we're working with kids 
as you work on your game, when you talk with your trainers about what it is that you want to do and what you want to add to your game, be really intentional with that work. Don't just show up and and train with whatever. It's the same way with film. What are you trying to accomplish with this specific highlight film? And if you don't know, you need you better do some research. You better go pull up some live streams of some games at the level you're trying to play. And if you don't look like and play like the level you're trying to go to, like that, that there's a problem. Like if you can't find clip and some people don't do a good job recording and you got some parents that have the iPad or the iPhone up on every single game. So um, I, I think that's the best thing a 2021 can do right now is make sure that their film tells the story. Um, otherwise right. it's just going to get deleted. There's a lot of recruiting services out there and I won't name any of them specifically, but it's, they just send out blast emails and they charge you thousands of dollars to send emails that just get deleted. Mm -hmm, get put right in yeah, the train. And, yeah. and so um, using social media is a great way um, to, to maybe capture the coaches where they live, but you still have to, you, you've got a small window. I mean, I've seen coaches watch film for two possessions and it's just gone. Like, it, yeah, it, Dang. you don't move <laughs> like it. That's not what we do. We don't need that buy and heck i've gotten i've gotten uh film from kids that aren't in college anymore going to the ymca trying to get get in the pro somehow i don't know how i'm supposed to help that's not really my lane but i just that there's a dream in that mm. film but i i'm just saying don't try to show me everything like there's just there i don't need to know everything because you don't get to do everything in college i i mean Right. Oh, that's a great one right there. I mean, even because some you can go, you can go from being a man at your high school and then go to college and being a and even player. the pros. Look How at can you look at look that? at Kelsey Plum. I mean, she was amazing score scoring record all that in Washington. Right. It took her a couple of years to adjust in the WNBA, and luckily she's a pro mentally mm -hmm. and has been since heck since I've known her in high school. She's just mentally capable of putting the work in whether you get that affirmation and that love or not. And, you know, now she's really, really good. And, uh, but, right. Yeah. Like things change. Like, I mean, Lindsay Pulliam at Northwestern, if she doesn't go to Northwestern where, where Joe just says, go get me buckets like that, that opportunity was there, but it's not, it's not everywhere. So yeah, not everywhere. Right. Yep. Well, there you have it. Part one of the recruiting maze, but that's not it. This segment has so much more to it. We will be going into depth about the differences between conferences and why certain schools may look different than most. Also, we will be talking about how social media has an effect on recruiting, good and bad. Make sure you're back to tune in Sunday night at 6 p.m. to finish listening to the recruiting maze. We will be answering Twitter questions that was asked by players, parents, and coaches. Hope you enjoyed part one. Can't wait for you to listen to part two and the rest of this segment. Thank you.